microphone is not on. I am so sorry, guys. I'm talking all this time. You guys are not hearing anything. Sorry about that. Ah, this happens when you reload everything. I'm talking about the uh, the issue here for the um, the computer. So I I again I apologize. Had all the stuff set for last night, and again the the program that I was telling you about while I didn't have the mic on. And that's in the software because I have it on on the board. So there's just a lot of things that were kind of screwy this morning. So that's why we had to open with the with the kids. And it's my fault. Um, well, as best I, I ain't got nobody else to blame. I'll just I'll take the blame for it. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Uh, if you just understood what was going on right before the show for like 20 minutes. Oh, I can't get the program in place. I can't see what I'm doing. I'm even having to use an analog clock here to know when I was supposed to start. And unfortunately, with the mic gone there for you guys on the video platforms, you didn't hear this. The guys on the radio, I'm assuming you did. In any case, um, several things over the weekend we were covering at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And then there's also been some stuff on uh, my Rumble channel that I've had. And I didn't get to pull all this up due to the fact that what I was just telling you about. Um, it, it seems that that no matter what I do, even here, it's not even uh, bringing up my login uh, regularly. So I'm I'm having a little bit of a, a struggle here this morning. But I, you know, there are there are several things that I wanted to to bring to bear, and um, I don't know why it wants to give me double letters here. But anyway, we'll see if that works. Um, several things I kind of wanted to to bring up. And um, they're they're tight. You know, we're hearing all kinds of things that are going on in the country. We're hearing all this stuff that goes on overseas, and a lot of it is very um, uh, concerning, especially in light of what we see with uh, you know the the shots that have come out over the past two years, the tyranny that's gone in there, and then when we go back to say some things like uh, Kate has brought up, where it's not just the shots. They're, they're knowingly going in here, and they are uh, mur murdering the elderly, targeting the innocent. Now they're targeting the kids. Um, it's just, it, it really is a concerning time that we're in. I mean, it's an exciting time in the sense that uh, we're able to bring some of this stuff to light, Okay. And to see, you know, I'm I'm expectant of seeing God do something in the midst of it. I think he already is doing some things in there. We're just missing some of it. But uh, in the midst of all of this stuff, you'll recall Kate had uh, mentioned one of the things that she discovered while she was doing some of this research and stuff. And she told you on the show, I think it was about two weeks ago, a week ago Saturday, I think is when it was, she told you guys about the fact of what they were doing, what kind of med what kind of medications they were using to basically kill the elderly, kill the the disabled and in the hospital. And this didn't have anything to do with the shot. Okay? And she mentioned all the the different things out. And then she mentioned on top of that Freemasons. We had Andy Webb on to talk about Freemasonry, and, you know, one guy said, oh, you know, it was a great interview until he said, you know, he didn't think some people took it as serious as they do. Well, maybe that's his experience. I don't know. He, he said that they take it serious, they just took it to a global level rather than the, the locale. 
Now, this is video that I obtained from the United Grand Lodge of England. And again, forgive me, I don't have a trackball, so things are a little odd for me. I go to reach for the trackball, and it's not set up just yet. I'm using the, the touchpad. But so give me a second here as I, I set these up, and ho hopefully it won't blast your ears out. Um, but this is the, the United Grand Lodge of England. And I want you to keep in mind that when you ask most of these guys if they're religious and if Freemasonry is a religion, they'll often say no. They'll often say no. But for you guys who are watching, I want you to tell me whether or not it is. And for you guys who are listening, you gotta you got to get this. This is like um, uh, a big coliseum or an auditorium full of men. And on the stage, they have a big checkerboard. Then they have the uh, the compass uh, up above it, and they've got a hologram of the all-seeing eye uh, that's going on here. So let me see if it'll even play. I, shoot, I might be in trouble with this. Um, yeah, it's not even going to play. Uh, okay, so anyway, I, what I'll do is I'll have it up. None of these look like they want to play. Um, I had this issue too. So, yeah. We're gonna have we're gonna have all kinds of fun. This is saying that it's uh it's gonna skip an ad, and oh well maybe I can play it. All right, so forgive me. This is live radio in the midst of the mess that happened here. So let's see if this will work. There we go. Okay, here this is, and then here's this. Now this is the crowd of these. Freemasons. And at this point, it's panning around, and now you've got the stage up there with the checkerboard and the all-seeing eye and the compass. And this isn't religious at all, right? Not religious at all. This is the United Grand Lodge in England. And as you can see, <laughs> if you want to say this isn't this isn't a religious organization or organizations, I know there are little ones that are around. I don't see how you get around it. Then when you start getting into the things that they keep quiet and silent from people and their secret societies, that just should add to some suspicion about what this group is. But many of you already know that. Many of you are more well-versed in this than I am. In any case, let me just pause that. In any case, you get the idea of what's going on. By the way, I can't see anybody in the chat, so I do apologize. Again, uh, hopefully I'll have this cleared up. I'll probably have to spend another several uh, days doing some stuff and... Uh, yeah, sorting things out. Anyway, that's why I'm, I feel a little off today, so I do apologize uh, for that. But look at, look at what that is. How many times do you get to see something like that? Because I've always heard all these things are hush-hush, quiet, quiet, you know, stuff. That right there, if you, this is, that's, there's no question in my mind that these guys uh, are religious in nature. There's no question. And then the question becomes, who are they religious, religious toward? 
Are they really religious toward the Lord Jesus Christ? Is this what he told us to do? I'm just asking, is this what he told us to do? Is this how he told us that we're to conduct ourselves? No, it's not. No, it's not. In fact, everything is done out in the open. If you remember Jesus when he's addressing Judas who comes up to him in the, under the cover of darkness with all these this legion of soldiers to come get Jesus, what does he say? He says, I was with you daily in the temple. You saw what I was doing. You saw what I was saying. You're, you're not doing anything. And so what are we to look at in that? How are we to see what's actually taking place there? Well, the only way I know to do is to be out in the open about it. The only times I can think of things that are private is if you're trying to um, care for somebody, like we see in Matthew 18, you're trying to keep that private. You're not trying to open up that wound to, wound to the world. You're not uh, you know, trying to expose that. You're trying to heal it. You're trying to restore your brother. You're trying to gain your brother. Same thing happens with those in your family. In the same way, you don't go telling everybody about what goes on between you and your wife. You know? And things of that nature. The other way, the other reason for doing it is if you're trying to keep something from somebody. You're trying to hide it. And not for necessarily a good reason, which is what I see in a lot of these guys. Because we're told whatever's done in the darkness is going to be brought to the light. Whatever's done in secret is going to be shouted from the from the housetop, right? So why the, why the need to keep secret societies? Why, why the need for that? I mean, if you're not doing anything wrong, right? What's there to, to, to be worried about? All right, this is another one. And these are just several things. We're going to cover some uh, videos. We're going to cover some articles that we've had at sonsoflibertymedia.com today over some things that maybe you guys aren't aware of. Maybe you are. This one comes from Tim Cook. You know, he's the guy who took over at Apple, right? And um, this guy is asked if he supported the Chinese people's right to protest I think his answer is quite telling. Check it out. Well, they're going to make me play an ad here. Uh, all right, just one moment and done. Do you support the Chinese people's right to protest? Do you have any reaction to the factory workers that were beaten and detained for protesting COVID lockdowns? Nothing. Do you regret restricting airdrop access that protesters used to and look at them grinning and smiling government. these guys do you think it's problematic to do business with the communist chinese party when they suppress human rights hmm. yeah yeah i mean and you see a couple of the guys there just kind of smirking like who are you lady you see them kind of laughing at this. Now, we've seen a lot of the stuff that's come out of China. And by the way, you know, they talk about the great China, the great firewall of China or whatever, whatever however they term that. I got a friend that used to live over there, and he said, Tim, he said, yeah, that's there. He says, but there's always ways around it. And he would get stuff from all over the place. And uh, he said, it's really not a hard thing to do. It's just you got to be willing to do it. Um, and, and so they can get information in and out if that's what they want to do. And we've seen the videos. I've got several of them up on my, my Rumble channel. 
in which we're seeing a lot of these these Chinese who are protesting. And then we see other ones who are just like a herd of sheep standing in lines. They had one, I think it was over the weekend, they had several of these people lined up, ready to get on their planes to leave. They're trying to get out. And all of a sudden, the government changed their little thing on their phones that they have to have to like yellow or orange or whatever the colors teams is that they're using and made them have to go back and and get tested again before they could leave. And you got like just a line of people that's being videoed that that just happened. It just changed right on them all as they were all in line. You don't think they know what you're doing and they're going to try to manipulate you? Yeah, and that's what they're going to try to do here too. That's what they're going to try to do here. This is why this vaccine passport nonsense, it, they're not going to take it away. They may not have the momentum with the uh, with the convids and the convid shot right now the way they used to. I think a lot of people have gotten wise to that. Praise God for that. But don't tell me that they don't know what you're doing and where you're at virtually every moment of the day. Speaking of which, CBDCs, you guys... Um, one of the things about the CBDCs is, my understanding is, is it's not going, you, you, if you have in your mind that all of a sudden cash just disappears, I don't think that's what's going on at all. The, the, the new money that they're going to turn out is even more traceable than what they have now. They don't even need you to have your phone. You have that cash in your pocket. Those coins in your pocket. And be able to track you that way. As they move on, they'll eventually do away with that too. But this is for the older crowd that says, hey, wait a minute, we don't want to cash aside, even though basically for the most part, that's what you're in now. I mean, you really are. But don't you find this interesting? Here, here's a guy who runs a company and he's got a ton of employees in China that work for Apple, beaten, flogged, shut down, arrested, all kinds of stuff. He's asked, what do you think about this? This is an American guy. What do you think about this? And what do we see? <laughs> Grins, smirks, smiles. No answer, though. No answer. Why? Could it be that... Uh, Chinese won't be too happy with him. We'll send him a little present. I don't know. I don't know. Men sell out for the easiest things, though, don't they? Um, here's another one. This is um, uh, Mayor Eric Adams. This is his makeshift migrant tent city to house up to 75,000 illegal aliens. This is, what, up in New York here. And uh, and everybody, oh no no, you guys are conspiracy theorists with your with your camps and with your um, with your illegal aliens thing. It really isn't that bad and blah 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 blah. And right here you see it. Whoops, that's a little loud. Sorry about that, guys. Take that down a notch. So these are all of the the makeshift places where they're setting up down seventy five thousand. 75,000 illegal immigrants coming in there. And who's paying for that? Huh? Who's paying for all that? Well, 
The people of New York are, and I'll guarantee you, since it deals with illegal aliens, probably the people of America are. This isn't just coming from uh, New York there. This is coming from the people in the United States at large. To house people who are breaking the law that's been established, and, and they're, they're doing that. Do they allow you just to do that kind of stuff, just to break the law? And then, nope, they take you and they target you and they give you as much as they can. But these people who are coming in, whose land this is not, they're going to, to give them a break. They're going to give them a little something extra uh, to leave off. Now, got uh, I think i got maybe one more that I wanted to show. And then we're, I want to look at a couple of things that we've had here at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Um, some of these are, are just too, too much viewing. Speaking of, speaking of this one right here. Now this one is out of China and, um, this is a, a guy who, you can't make this stuff up. It looks like something out of a science fiction movie. It really does. Like a really bad Japanese science fiction movie, you know? Uh, especially the design of this little, I don't know, cart, cage. You're going to have to tell me when you see it. This guy apparently tested positive. And um, yeah, you, you got to see. I'm using the finger pad here, so I got to go click on this and change over to here. And This is a guy who apparently tested positive for the convicts in China. Now, I... Do you notice what the guy's doing? He isn't bothered at all that they have basically detained him, stuck him in this, I don't know, square rolling box with windows on the side so everybody can see him because he's not looking at anybody. He's in there playing on his phone. While these four guys in these white you know, suits, blue gloves, and all this other stuff that isn't protecting them from anything. Roll him through the mall. And the guy is on his phone. He, he's just on his phone, unbothered, still got his mask on. It's, it's, it's just, it's surreal to me. The whole thing is surreal as to what they're doing. Yet they're doing it. Now, you say, well, that's in China, Tim. Well, they had some stuff very similar to this kind of going on in the States, if you recall. And they had people fighting you if you tried to go into Trader Joe's. You remember that? Then they wouldn't take their money. They wanted to try to arrest them, even though they left money there to pay for their goods. All this kind of stuff. This is in China. You don't think they're trying to influence us over here? Oh, yeah. For a long time. For a long time that they've been doing that. Now, bear with me here. I want to share with you something that we, we talked about a little bit yesterday, and that was at church, uh, from Matthew chapter 5. One of the things, and then I'm going to get back to some of, some of what we're talking about here. One of the things at um, uh, Matthew chapter 5 is the issue dealing with the heart of man. And, you know, we are getting into where we're going to talk about where Jesus is reiterating the law. And I appreciate what my, um, 
the pastor of our church had to say, it was Jesus wasn't giving a new law. And that's exactly right. He wasn't giving a new law. And the reason is there's no new law to give. I mean, there really isn't. And uh, one of the things that, uh, that he points out is he goes back and he points out the fact that the law was really dealing with the heart. Now, I'll get on to some of the stories here in a second, but he was dealing with it, it deals with the heart. Some people say, oh, no, he was taking the law deeper. No, he was just returning it back where it was. For instance, when you go back and you look at Adam and Eve, one of the things you see is, is that Adam, Eve, before she deliberately disobeys what God has said, which was, don't eat of the tree. So that the command is not to eat. It didn't say, didn't look. It didn't say, don't touch it. Even though she said, that's what she was told. We shouldn't even touch it. The Bible says that her eyes saw that it was good for food. It was there to make one wise. It was all these things that John talks about, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's, that's really what was going on inside her before she ever stepped out, picked the fruit, and took a bite out of it. Watch what Jesus has to say in Matthew chapter 5. And this is going to relate to what we're talking about here and all these different things. So he says this, he says, verse 21, and this comes in the context of breaking the least of the commandments, you know, teaching. I think we, we went over this the other, other week, and verse 20 says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. And what is that? Well, they have to have, one, a righteousness outside of themselves, which Paul says comes through the gospel. It's revealed from the gospel. It's the righteousness of Christ, all right? And that righteousness works itself out. In other words, when Jesus talked about the Pharisees, he says, do as they say, but don't do as they do. He wasn't saying that what they were saying was wrong. He was just saying, they're telling you to do it, but they aren't doing it themselves. So you be those who follow through, you practice what you preach. That's how that would be the vernacular we give. And then he says this, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. Now again, Jesus is dealing with guys who say but don't do, right? And he says, You've heard that it was said by them of old time. Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. So what is, what is Jesus actually addressing here? Well, what he's telling, he's not saying, I'm pointing you to the Ten Commandments at this point. He says, he's pointing you to these guys who had these oral traditions. And many of them had adopted the Babylonian stuff from the Talmud and things of that nature, and that's what they were holding to. They were holding to these oral traditions rather than what was written. He says, well, if you kill somebody, you're going to be in danger of the judgment. And Jesus says, but I say unto you, bring that back up, but I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there any gift before the altar, and go thy way. 
First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly. Okay? So, so he lays out all of these things. You know, agree with them quickly. Whilst thou art in the way with him, let at any t- lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou hast paid the othermost farthing. So Jesus warns against what goes on inside of man, that it's just as serious as doing the deed itself. So you might be a person who says, well, I've never killed anybody. Have you been angry with somebody without a cause? Then, then you've broken the commandment. You've broken the commandment. Why? Because it is that that, that leads to the actual action. But it doesn't stop the fact that you're the one who is corrupt and even thinking of such a thing. And it happens that way virtually with all of the commandments. The one, the covetous one, really is the stimulating one for every other one. Because a covetous man, the Bible says, is an idolater. And so a covetous man wants another man's wife. He wants another man's house. He wants um, you know, what belongs to another man. He wants the praise. He wants the glory. He wants all these kinds of things. And Jesus says you, you need to be careful about what goes on in your heart. And then he goes on later and he talks about adultery too. But he, he, he says you need to be careful about what goes on in your own heart. How does that tie in with these other things? Well, what is the, what is the bloodlust that's running through here that Tim Cook won't answer and just simply say, hey, it's wrong what they're doing to these people over there, and I stand with the people who are protesting. He's got a lust of the flesh, a lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He's wanting to sustain himself. Even at the expense of people who work to earn him money. What do we have when we see this issue with the mayor up there? Is it not a wicked heart that devises these kinds of things to bring in thousands of illegal aliens into the midst of his people? Yep. Yep, it's a wicked intention that he has. What about the stuff that we saw with the um, with the Grand Lodge? What's well, a wicked thing to sit there and try to keep all that stuff secret that should be well known? I mean, if it's harmless, if it's really harmless, and if it's like some of them tell me, well, it's really about Christ and it's really Christianity. I mean, that's what some of them tell me. Okay, well then, we're not supposed to hide it under a bushel, are we? Not supposed to let that light. No, no, no. We're supposed to let it shine, right? We're to be a city on a hill, not a city in the darkness. And it all comes from what's going on in our hearts. What's going on in our hearts. This is something else. Um, let's see if we can uh, bring, up, bring up a couple of these. You guys remember how they used to talk about uh, six corporations, and I think it's like five now, and then uh, I guess in essence it's two. <laughs> who are controlling the media. And now we've learned over the past couple of years, basically it comes down to two, and that's BlackRock and uh, Vanguard, uh, how they are the ones who basically own everything in the U.S., if you will. Rhoda Wilson over the expose uh, has written on this, and I'm going to have to move my microphone just a little bit here. And here's what she has to say. 
see if I can bring this up for you guys so you can see it on the video platforms. Professor Peter Phillips wrote that in 2017, they were, or there were 17 global financial conglomerates with 199 directors in a self-investing network that spans the globe. 17, or 117 of these directors were in the USA, and 12 of these super-connected conglomerates had representatives in the group of 30 and the Trilateral Commission. Isn't that interesting? This is what they try to do. They are trying to consolidate wealth and power into a small number of people. And even among that small number of people, there's no doubt in my mind there is a smaller group, even maybe one person, who basically is directing that small group of elites, as they like to be called. The group of 30 issues instruction on global financial policy, but said Fiesel Mansour, I, I hope I'm pronouncing the, the name correctly, F-E-I-S-A-L, Mansour, M-A-N-S-O-O-R. It is the global financial system that is causing the problem with goods reaching the people who need them at a price they can afford. In other words, it is a global financial system these few organizations are devising that causes inequality in the world. Well, let's just put it this way. One, if there wasn't a holdup at ports and stuff like that, people could get things. That's one. Number two, when you devalue the dollar in the way that we're seeing it be devalued and you've got people who don't even understand basic economics saying we want to make $15 an hour minimum wage, which, by the way, federal government, state government really doesn't have any business telling anybody what the minimum wage ought to be. That's a problem in and of itself. That is an issue of liberty. If I want to work for you and I feel like, hey, I can do that job for $7, whereas you're going to have to pay somebody $15, uh, then you ought to have the right to engage with me contractually to where I do that work for you for $7 an hour. Right? I mean, shouldn't that, isn't that what free men do? Don't they contract together? And they agree on somebody's going to do something and they're going to get a certain pay? Yep. But it's basic economics. If you're gonna if you're gonna demand twice what the minimum wage is, what's gonna happen? To all the goods in the in the store or the restaurant or whatever it is that you're working in, what's gonna happen to the cost of goods to make up for them paying you double what they were paying you before, or their employees before? And they got to pay those pay those other employees that too. That's right. The cost of the goods is going to go up, reflecting that. And it ain't just going to be in your store. It's going to be in every store. So now you got a whole lot more money, and you're happy about that, and you're laughing and stuff, and then you go down to the grocery store, and now everything costs you twice as much. That's not too bright, is it? it really isn't bright. And you make the money worthless. Not that it isn't worthless now. I still got to pull up that book. I really want to. You guys, I think you'll you'll find it really interesting to read it from the Federal Reserve's own book. Well, they basically say that money has no value except in your head. <laughs> I mean, that's. Uh, I actually was going to pull that up this morning, and I got uh, into the computer trouble. So sorry, that was a problem that was going on. So he goes on and he says this. 
or she says this, Mansoor is a Sri Lankan who spent more than 20 years as a systems analyst and programmer until he burned out in 1992. He resolved never to work for money again, while at the same time beginning a study of money and how it is created and dispersed. Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting study, actually. In a presentation to the World Council of Health, Mansoor spoke about valuing work in the 21st century. Below, we look at some aspects he raised in the first half of his presentation, and then he has uh, a presentation on Rumble and YouTube. The links will be there in the archive later this morning. But, uh, but one of the big things he points out here is who some of the people are in this and what they're doing. And you shouldn't be surprised about this. This, this little section right here is the part I want to read to you, and then I'm going to give you another, a couple of other things uh, that have gone on over the week that I thought were some pretty important stories. Peter Phillips, a professor of political sociology at Sonoma State University, published a book in 2018 titled Giants, the Global Power Elite. In it, he detailed exactly who the new power elite are and, more importantly, how they collude to ensure control over the global capitalist marketplace. Phillips identifies the super-rich class, or excuse me, super-super-rich as the multi-billionaires who are part of the global transnational capitalist class. In 2017, they included Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Warren Buffett. These billionaires are similar to colonial plantation owners, he writes. What makes Phillips' exhaustive research more rewarding, if not scarier, is the level to which the new power elite collaborate and socialize with each other. Put simply, they are all wealthy and have significant stock holdings in one or more of each other's operations. So there, it's like a scratch your back, I'll scratch, my, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. That's how they're doing it. And they're making a lot of money and they're gaining a lot of power and control over the people in doing so. Phillips identified 17 global financial conglomerates that collectively manage $41.4 trillion in a self-investing network that spans the globe. In his presentation to the World Council for Health, Mansour showed a complete list of these 17 top asset management firms. The first on the list are BlackRock, Vanguard Group, and J.P. Morgan Chase. The 17 organizations together control $41.1 trillion worth of assets, which constitutes at least 60% of global trade. Isn't that something? He goes on and he says, These 17 giants of capitalism that collectively manage this concentration of $41.1 trillion operate in nearly every country. They're the central institutions of the financial capital that power the global economic system. Western governments and international policy bodies tend to work in the interest of these financial giants to protect the free flow of capital investment and ensure debt collection everywhere in the world. Isn't that nice to know that our governments are working with these guys with all, that, that's made all this money that have no doubt worked together with others to shut down their competitors in small business during the convents. We saw that, I know, with, with Bezos especially. Most of these guys' wealth went up while the common man who had you know their business they'd been working on and they'd been taking care of for decades, some of them even starting some uh, recently, losing their business. Now, why is that? Why is that? Because they're working together. 
They're conspiring with one another. This is a conspiracy. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they're ju they're just saying they're investing in each other's companies. They're building each other up. And they're tearing down the common man. And as far as I know, none of these guys are Christians. So they're not in it to advance the kingdom. They're not they're not there for that. They're there for themselves. It gets right down to being a covetous man who is an idolater is what Scripture says. What about this guy? You guys have been hearing this story with uh, FTX, right? This Sam Bankman, you know, got he's got the weird. It's kind of a weird thing that these guys don't they don't brush their hair or something. I, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't understand that. But you'll you'll find these in a kind of nerdy guys. They brush your hair. Put it in a hat, something. Anyway, Sam Bankman, he's a guy, he founded FTX. Also owns 90% of um, of another group, Alameda, I believe, research. He apparently cannot find, again, I'm messing with trackballs and, and uh, <laughs> touchpads. Can account for five billion dollars, not five dollars, not fifty, five billion, five billion dollars. He can't account for, and this is money that was sent to this Alameda Research, which he owned ninety, which he owns ninety percent of. The Wall Street Journal reports: Nassau in the Bahamas, FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried. Freed, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, said he couldn't explain what happened to billions of dollars that customers of his fellow cryptocurrency exchange sent to the bank accounts of his trading firm, Alameda Research. He said he couldn't rule out the possibility that money deposited by FTX customers who were told their money was theirs alone was in fact lent to Alameda. Yeah, well, that's exactly what goes on. <laughs> Look, when you put your money in the bank... Your, your phony baloney monopoly Federal Reserve notes, when you put that stuff in the bank, you are giving the bank a no-interest loan to loan out to somebody else to collect interest on. That's what you're doing. Same thing happens here with crypto. If you understand how it works, you're in effect loaning these crypto companies money. That's what you're doing. He went on in an interview... With the Wall Street Journal, Mr. Bankman-Fried distanced himself from Alameda, saying he had stepped back from running the firm and had little insight into its workings, even though he owned 90% of it. Now, I'm not going to say that's not possible, especially if you're a busy guy. You, there's just no way you can know everything. I get it. I get that. But I find it interesting that here's a guy that what we're hearing was out of his FTX and what was going on here, they're basically laundering money through with Ukraine. Then it's coming back into the pockets of some of these Democrat politicians. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's going into some Republican politician as well, somebody like Lindsey Graham. And yet, do we have, do we have any kind of serious investigation into this? Really? Any kind of seriousness about who all this guy was servicing with his money. I'm not expecting anything from him. This is why I've said the government is so corrupt at this point, 
I don't know how you fix it. The guys who are charged with impeachment, whether it's be out of judges or other officers in the United States government, won't impeach. And therefore, the Senate can't do its job of trying it. And if you want something enforced, you've got an entire executive branch, it seems, that's just as corrupt as the day is long. And I ask states, when are you going to have enough of an abusive spouse here? Because that's what you've got. D.C. is an abusive spouse. And it will not repent. It says it wants to reform, but it won't reform. And this is exactly what we've got going on. Exactly what we've got going on. Here's another one. And uh, this kind of deals with, uh, with China as well. This, um, one of our friends over at the Organic Prepper, Robert Wheeler, makes this point. Now look, our founding fathers were against standing armies. They were. They allowed for a standing army for two years under our Constitution. It had to be renewed every two years. They allowed for it. But if you read what they had to say about it, they knew it was a threat to the liberty of the people. And that's exactly right. It's one way or the other. It's been a liberty, it's been a threat to our liberty in the sense that we're going into we're using our military to go into other countries to steal their resources, murder their people. They are. There's just no doubt about it. That that that's what's going on. It's been going on for some time. I told you, I've talked with several veterans, and they say the best thing we can do for our veterans is to quit sending them these foreign wars. And these are guys who, who have been in foreign wars. That's some of the best things that we can do to protect. If we really love our veterans, we're going to try to do everything we can to keep them from going to these unconstitutional wars. But what's interesting is, how many of you guys have ever bought a flag, maybe one of these American flags, and on it, it says, Made in China. Huh? You ever seen any of that that goes on? Well, are you familiar with just how much of military supplies are made in China? Here's what Robert writes. America could be headed for war with no equipment or supplies. Now, I, I don't know that I fully buy that. There are things that are made here in the States. There are. But a lot of parts, even for those things made in the States, are made in China. He says, I've been writing about the U.S. supply chain for months and pointing out how the American food supply chain has been disrupted by COVID restrictions, natural disasters, and intentional mismanagement. Eventually, a significant food shortage here inside the country will occur. I do think that's coming. Again, if, if God's consistent with how he's presented himself in the scripture, I think that's exactly what it is. For those who choose to ignore these warnings and fail to prepare accordingly, times will get very hard very quickly. And then we see in, two, in July 2017, President Donald Trump signed an executive order concerning the security of U.S. supply chains caused by decades of deindustrialization, free trade, and lopsided trade policy. Interestingly enough, President Joe Biden signed a similar executive order in February. It is not just gadgets and consumer products that are the concern here. 
the U.S. military's ability to procure needed supplies to arm and support itself in military conflicts is of great concern. As Lauren Thompson of Forbes points out, the moment is fast approaching when America's military will be unable to equip itself for modern warfare without relying on Chinese suppliers. So, if the war is with China, there's a good chance the U.S. military would be defeated. I know, some people say, oh, that's just propaganda. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. But if you, you can have some of the finest equipment known to man, and if you've got a part in there that breaks and you don't know how to replace that, except go to China that made the part, how good is that piece of equipment? Just asking, how good is that piece of equipment? Maybe they are developing some things. I don't. You would think that if, if anything, the military would come up with its own ways of making its own parts. Some of you have read what they charge for a hammer or a toilet seat or some of this kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's like they have their own little slush fund going on in there. And, ugh, crazy. Anyway, Thompson writes, just take a stroll through Best Buy and see if you can find anything made in America. Virtually every electronic device of interest, from smartphones to flat panel televisions to laptop computers, is now made in Asia, especially China. And less than 2% of the shipping that delivers such devices to U.S. shores is conducted on vessels made in America. China increasingly builds and owns the ships. It is not hard to dream up excuses for why America might be lagging in smartphones or container ships. After all, don't we design the smartphones here and don't we still build the most advanced warships? But the more you investigate the extent of America's industrial decline, the easier it is to see is why that slide might be leading to a security crisis. And he gives an instance. The Pentagon's current list of top priority technologies for equipping the future force in descending order of priority includes microelectronics, 5G communications, hypersonics, biotechnology, artificial intelligence, autonomy, and cyber. The U.S. isn't a clear-cut global leader in any of these technologies anymore. It may have an edge in two or three of them, but its lead is fast evaporating. And I would say this is likely where the tensions are going to come with Taiwan because they're a major developer of, of chips. Uh, that, that, why do you think Nancy and her husband put all that money into, into Taiwan? What was it, NVIDIA? Is that who they were putting it in? I forget who it was. Into these microchips. And whoever's going to control that technology is going to control what happens in the future. They are. Because they're the one over that. That's why China wants to bring Taiwan back into the fold. We could talk about other other countries as well, but uh, this one was specifically dealing with the issue of China. And here they are doing what they're doing. Now, it doesn't stop there. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of things um, that we could, we could point to. I've got a couple of more stories I wanted to bring out here. Um, and we'll end on this one with marriage. I'm trying to watch my time here. 
So forgive me just a little bit if I'm a little choppy this morning. <laughs> so here's, a, here's, here's one on the health front. This is the government has confirmed that COVID vaccinated children are up to 137 times more likely to die than unvaccinated children. Now, look, a, a thousand percent of everybody's going to die, whether you're a kid, an adult, a man or a woman, whatever the case may be, you're going to die. But the, in, the inference is, if you've had this shot, you're going to die a lot sooner than what you would have if you had. In fact, children are 137 times more likely to die early than those who haven't taken the shot. Again, this is from the expose as well. And this comes from the UK government. Again, the, these are things... Now, just stop and think. Those of you who've been with us since, say, I don't know, 2020, when we first brought Kate on the show. I think it was back in March or April, something like that. Of 2020. That's when all this stuff started coming out. What did Kate do? Was she honest? Has she been proven to be true in the things that she said? Yes. And this is all coming out of the UK, right over there where she is. The UK government has quietly confirmed that the COVID-19 vaccines are killing children at an unprecedented rate. Shocking figures contained in an official report published just hours before Boris Johnson announced his resignation as Prime Minister of the UK revealed COVID-19 vaccinated children are... 4,423% or 45 times more likely to die of any cause than unvaccinated children and 137 times more likely to die of COVID-19 than unvaccinated children. Now, the, the, the COVID-19, you guys all know what that is. That's just your propaganda. That's what that is. Nevertheless, they've been inoculated. And I just, I want to I bring back what we were told at the beginning. What were we told at the beginning? Children, it doesn't really bother you. We don't need to be thinking about children. We've got to take care of our elderly and stuff. We've got, to, we've got to off them first. And that's what they were doing. And now they're targeting the kids. The ones that they said... I mean, even Joe Biden would tell kids, well, this doesn't affect you. You don't have to worry about any of that. Don't, don't worry. Now they're targeting the kids. They're targeting the kids. What's the information out? Well, a UK government agency known as the Office for National Statistics, ONS, recently published new data on deaths by vaccination status in England. The latest data set from the data set from the ONS is titled Deaths by Vaccination Status England, the 1st of January 2021 to the 31st of May 2022. And it can be assessed on the ONS site and what are we seeing here? Well, it says table six of the data set contains data on deaths involving COVID-19, deaths not involving COVID-19, and all cause deaths by age group in England. Now, you already know that they've already set you up to tell you a lie because they're saying these deaths involve COVID-19, which they haven't proven. They haven't isolated it. And deaths not involving that. So they're already setting you up with a false narrative to give you the wrong answer. 
As Bradley would say, if they, if they get you to ask the wrong question, they don't have to give you the right answer. And that's what they do here. All cause deaths by age group in England between January the 1st, 2021 and the 31st of May, 2022, and it includes the number of deaths among children aged 10 to 4 by vaccination status and teenagers aged 15 to 19 by vaccination status as well. And what are they continuing to do? They are continuing to push the shot that they know is deadly and dangerous and experimental. Still, by the way, it goes on. It says, however, it is quite clear from the data that the ONS are not being as transparent as we would like to believe. Well, of course, they're not. They're they're guilty in the cover up of the murder of hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions. This is because they fail to provide the death rate per hundred thousand person years among children or teenagers, whereas they have provided it for all other adult age groups in every other table contained in the data set. And you can see some of this at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Now, this final thing that I want to hit on that I want to hit on here is a little piece that was done by Ryan McMakin. And Ryan is out of the, I think he wrote this at the Mises Institute. And it was on the issue of how the state sees control of marriage. You can see this at sonsoflibertymedia.com as well. One of the things that I see over and over again as we, as we talk about you know, current events, news, the Bible, and things of this nature, is how, what the church gives up and creates a vacuum for the state is more than willing to gobble that up. They're more than willing to take that that the church leaves off. And that's how they become a beast, because they're not supposed to be doing that. That is not the function of a civil government. Okay? It's not the function of them. They're supposed to be executing the law, the moral law of God. That's what they're supposed to be doing. And yet, nope, they'll take on all the stuff that the church is supposed to have. Taking care of the poor. That's the church's responsibility, isn't it? Yep. Taking care of widows. Isn't that the church's responsibility? Yep. The disabled. Church's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Showing love. Visiting orphans, widows, all that kind of stuff. That's the church's responsibility, not the state. That's ours. And the same can be said of marriage. Stop and think about it for a second. What does it take? What constitutes a marriage? Is it a marriage license from the state? Is it a permission that the state gives you to get married? Or is it something a little more intimate? Let me just throw this out here. When you look to the Old Testament, what does it say? It says it teaches fathers in giving their daughters. So who do daughters belong to? They belong to fathers, do they not? And young men should be those who recognize that those daughters, some of you may not like the terminology I'm going to give here, but this is what it is, they're the property. They're under the jurisdiction of their father. 
And therefore, if you want a father's daughter, if you are interested in that father's daughter, you need to go to that father and say, may I have permission to talk and see your daughter? And if in the process you see this is somebody that you want to marry, you need to ask for her hand in marriage. You don't just go running off with the girl and schwooze her and take her heart away from her father and then go ask. No, you do that beforehand. And yet, what have we done? We've turned it over to such a... Let me ask you something. Why does the federal government even need a definition for marriage? I'll tell you why. Taxes. And that's exactly how they got this thing through. Remember the... uh, What was it? What was the case that they had uh, that, you know, now everybody thinks that um, uh, sodomite marriage is a real thing? It's really not. Again... The Supreme Court doesn't make law. They just don't make it. They're not authorized to make it. They can say something's not lawful. That doesn't make it. That doesn't make the opposite immediately lawful. So here's what they did. They took a case that dealt with taxes of, I believe it was two women. They were wrongly taxed. And they brought that in and let it be what it was. And that's how they're in there taking control. And even us as conservative Christian constitutes, we're saying, yeah, you know, you're wrong in that. And, and they are wrong in it. But we've got to get the root. They have no business in the issue of marriage at all. It's not authorized in Article 1. You can write law on it. And what people want is they want a state-run Society, despite what they say, they never think about why is a state in marriage at all. I think it goes right back to what what God told the people of Israel. He said, when you want a king just like the others, guess what? That's exactly what you're going to get, and you're not going to like what you get. Why? Because they become tyrants. They become tyrants. Guys, that's all I got for today. I I, I was going to have some more, but we're out of time. Catch Bradley at 3. We'll see you back in the morning, 6 